Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. I have to hold my thoughts like I have to pee. Yep, hold it. So they don't come leaking out. (laughs) (laughs) What is up, besties? Welcome to another episode of the Best Life Podcast. It is the best life, and uh, it's summertime. It is officially hot. I am on a road trip. I'm actually in Bend, Oregon right now. Have you ever been to Bend? It's No, I have not. Is it? Yeah, it reminds me of like... I don't know, like a Colorado Springs or something, or like a, a Bozeman. Yeah. It has like that little downtown. Like, I mean, I'm sure people in Bend are like, it's not that little, but to me, it feels a little bit, you know, it's just cute. Little restaurants and coffee yeah. shops and stuff like that. We were camping the last three days, so I didn't have service, which was like a little bit anxiety producing for the first like 20 minutes. And then I was like, this is nice. Peace yeah. out, people can't reach me. I was going to ask. I was going to ask where you were. I wasn't sure if you were in Washington. Uh, yeah. No, or... we were in Oregon. So we were in Mount Hood, like around Mount, Mount Hood. Oh, area. We were nice. in Seattle for three days. So yeah, we're on the, the very tail end of our uh, two and a half week road trip. And we're headed home in the next couple of days. So it's been good. It's been hard to work on the on the road. You know how it is? Like where you're changing stuff and the Wi-Fi is unreliable everywhere. And like, you know, so... It really is. And, you know, we were in Greece for three weeks. And Jeff was like, yeah, we'll still work. And I'm like, dude, when you're... Also, when you're on vacation and you're doing things, it's almost like you want to do the activities because otherwise you're like, why am I here paying for a hotel room just to work in a hotel room in a different city and I'm still inside? (laughs) Like you want to see the city or the town Uh or the whatever. And then when you get home, you're tired and you don't want to work at night. So I don't know. It's always this false sense of like, I'm going to get work done. We're actually leaving to Costa Rica tonight. And I have a talk, like a pretty big presentation in at the beginning of August in Ohio, and I really need to work on it. And Jeff's like, let's stay longer and you can work while we're there. And I said, absolutely not. We're coming home because I will not work extra in Costa Rica. I'm in Costa Rica. So I'm like, no, we need to come home and I just need to put my head down and work because there's no way I'm going to get it done. I will think I will, but now I know after already being gone for three weeks, I'm like, no. Well, also it like definitely waters down the whole idea of like refilling your cup too. You know what I mean? Like I remember when we were in um we were in uh australia new zealand last december and i was like really trying not to work but like some things kept coming up at jillifit we just had some like administrative stuff and like things we were working through and i remember just being like this is like totally counterproductive to like what i'm trying to do here because you know in january it's always a big big january lots of new clients lots of fulfillment stuff so i was like i'm literally trying to like fill out my cup so i just told the team like hey just I can't talk for five days like figure it out like the like we're not yeah. you know the business isn't that fragile it's not going down but yeah so and also when you're traveling with people who like don't do the same thing as you too you're kind of like you know you don't want to be like hey I have to work for two hours go like entertain yeah. yourself you know you want to be doing stuff too so it has been good a couple of days uh and then we'll be back but excited that we we're able to make this work the wi-fi seems fine so but that is actually part of what I want to talk about today I have this idea because we're listening to um, books on the road, which is one of my favorite things to do. And I like listening to biographies. 
and like memoirs and stuff because it's like easy listening you know if I listen to like a business book or personal development book I feel like I have to like whip out a you know pen and paper and like start you know taking notes and shit so even podcasts sometimes can be a little bit heavy so listening to the Jesse Itzler podcast or um book I forget the name of the book um but it is it came out in two, 2010 so it's an old book but Jesse Itzler for people who don't know is kind of, he's an entrepreneur he's kind of like a serial entrepreneur uh investor guy he's also the husband of Sarah Blakely who is the founder of Spanx so she's like literally a billionaire he's yeah it's called living with a seal yeah yeah it's one? called living with a seal that's right okay. yeah. um okay. and so Sarah, obviously, she's like a billionaire. And Jesse is like, you know, multiple hundreds of millions of worth, hundreds of millions. Anyway, long story short, he was kind of like an ultra marathoner. And he saw this guy at races. This is back in 2010, 2009, 2010. And this guy was like a maniac. He was just like this. He was a just kind of like one of those people who just like create you know, ultra marathoners like are like just broken kind of you know what I mean like they're just a little bit different in the head like no offense to someone who does ultra marathons like y'all are wild but he saw this guy and he come to find out this guy's navy seal long story short he didn't want to be named in the book but it's actually david goggins who i think most people listen to this podcast probably know he's kind of just known for being a badass he has a big story he was a navy seal he um you know lost a bunch of weight he put out several books he's been on joe rogan's podcast a bunch that's kind of like how he's kind of uh but anyway this is back in 2010 so this is 13 years ago anyway we listened to this book and basically he hired david goggins to come and live with him in new york city for 30 days in like December of that year. And basically, David said, I'll do it, but you have to just do everything I say. And Jesse basically wanted to get his ass kicked. And the book is cool because it just goes through the days. It's 30 days. So it was like day one, day two, day three. And it goes through everything they did and goes from Jesse, who was like a pretty fit guy, to doing like the most insane workouts, like miles and miles of running, middle of the night workouts, like 500 pull-ups, thousands of push-ups. Like it was wild. It was just like really fun. It was just easy listening. And I had this thought, is there value? And if there is, what is it? Is there value mm. in just doing something that is hard for the sake of it? Like here's Jesse Itzler. He's living in like a penthouse, plenty of money, private jets, and basically hires this guy to come and kick his ass for 30 days. Like what is the intrinsic <laughs> value of that? And is there? Are we too comfortable? Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, David Goggins just moved out here to Vegas. And Jeff was driving down the street and he snapped a picture, sent it to me. He's like, this is David Goggins. He was running with no shirt on. And we've been following his stories. And it's I just looked at the temperature. It's 100 degrees right now, which is actually pretty pretty uh, moderate for, for Vegas. Vegas in July. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's usually like 114. Um, but he was out running last week and on his stories, he said, this is my second run today. And it was like the middle of the day and it was like 114 that day. So this is, you're talking about 2010. This is 13 years later. This dude is still doing this stuff on his own for what I don't know. And so this is a great question and conversation because I was just talking about this with Jeff last week. I was, I was literally thinking, why is he out there in the middle of the day running? Go at 6am and run 25 miles. Right. And and he supposedly he lives on the northwest side of town. We are on the southwest side of town. So when he saw him running out here, I was like, I bet he ran like 25 miles because he's on the way other side of town, which is also wild in itself. And it does beg the question, first off, why? And I was thinking about most people's lives. 
David Goggins' life, I don't think is realistic for most people. I don't think you could spend that kind of time running, I don't know, 26 miles in the middle of the day. In well, and also that's weather. one of like three workouts he's doing that day. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. And he's yeah. doing with like a 50 pound weight vest and like doing a thousand push ups and like every single day. Yeah. There's just one part in the book where he like hears so jesse sort of like hears something and wakes up and goes down to the, his basement and sees david it's like one in the morning and sees him on the recumbent bike and he's like just working out like this is after all he did with jesse that day and then he's yeah, just down yeah. there by himself and then he's like oh, okay you're just doing your own thing whatever goes back to bed gets up at like six and and david's still on the bike he did the recumbent bike for 10 straight hours after in the middle of the night like all like all over the night like why do that i mean is this person i mean but i mean obviously to your point this is not feasible for most people but what does it look like for the the average person i mean is this sort of like a 75 hard situation it is it is but like to your question is have we gotten too soft or like is there is there value in doing this i kind of think there is there's that quote it's hard times create strong men strong men create good times good times create weak men and weak men create hard Mm. times and that's kind of like this cycle that we've been in right like right now we're in pretty good times it's pretty easy and then this is when people get lazy and complacent and we have good times that's when you know let's say an enemy china or some other country could come in and invade because we're just kind of on our asses like just resting and then that creates hard times which creates strong people because now they got to get through the hard Mm. times and then they create the good times so there's this cycle right and so i do think that we are in a time in history where things are really easy and people have become complacent and there probably is some value into pushing ourselves a little bit more than we do. I'm not going to say that there is a lot of value for everyone to do that extreme. I'm not really sure that that's feasible for most people. As we said, schedule-wise, I don't even know if that's really great for your body. However, I think that most people could push themselves quite a bit more than they do, whether it's in the gym, whether it's like turning off their phone or their television, whether it's just taking more steps a day, whether it's just like pushing themselves on like their diet or something. But I really think a lot of us have gotten very, 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 very complacent. And there is something to be said about building strength, building tenacity, building resilience, for just the simple fact that like it builds your own self-confidence and knowing that you can and if you need to like god forbid there be some kind of disaster or even like your house catches on fire and you got and like maybe you have a i don't know an mom or someone in the house who's passed out who weighs you know 130 150 pounds you got to pick that person up who's passed out down the stairs because you can't wait on the firefighters to get there before they die right like there's there's some like actual use and having strength and having ability and doing hard things. However, not sure about like waking up in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and, and all of that stuff. But I do, I don't know, I do think there's some benefit. And it's like this pendulum swing of like, how extreme do we want to be? And I see some of these influencers going really, really extreme. And I don't know if that's the way to go. But I see a lot of people who don't do shit and they probably could stand to do a little Mm -hmm. bit more. You know, I was thinking about this. I think it does come down to discipline, right? I I feel like that's Mm -hmm. really what it is. It doesn't have to necessarily be like do the most exercise or do a cold plunge or, you know, do these things that are necessarily... It's more just where, you know, what do you stand for? And, you know, I I do have a little bit of a problem with that quote, to be honest, because I think about hard times create strong men. I think about like, I don't know, think about like World War II and stuff like that. 
you know, the mm-hmm. men that came out of that, for the most part, yeah, were they strong? Sure, but they had drinking problems, right? They had like, you know, mm. like they beat their kids, <laughs> you know? So I'm like, yeah, are they really yeah. strong men or are they just mm. pushing shit down? And like, you know what I mean? But mm. I don't think now is any better, by the way. I think we're, we've kind of swung sure. the other direction to where like everything needs to be talked about. Everyone gets a trophy. Like there is sort of that like, you know, it is a little bit of a softer side. Now we're just more comfortable with feelings and being vulnerable mm. and talking about things. Um, but I think that, I think any times can create strong people. I don't think it necessarily mm-hmm. has to be, you know, the the environment. But, you know, I think about discipline. Keith and I were actually talking about this today in the car. He was saying, you know, I really, uh, he's been having, like, sometimes he gets hard, hard, like, has a hard time getting to sleep at night. Not, like, all the times, but some he's like, you know what, I think I just need to be, the nights I, like, leave my phone off and I like, don't look at it after 8 o'clock at night, I sleep so much better. And I was like, yeah, that's like hard though. It's like hard to have the discipline to like not look at your phone past eight o'clock. You know, he's like, yeah, it's, it takes discipline. He was telling me about someone he works with who comes home from work from the fire station, just puts his phone like on the table next to the door and doesn't even look at his phone when he's home. And obviously for us, that would be impossible. But like, yeah. there's something about like having the discipline to follow through on something. I know for you and I, when we did figure competitions, first time I ever did a, a competition diet was literally the hardest thing I'd ever done in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Like looking back on it and seeing myself like create a goal and follow through on that goal. I think for me, because I'm motivated by like, I'm about to get up on stage and I don't want to be embarrassed. So <laughs> that's yeah. going to keep me more. So you have to find the motivation that works for you. But I think there is value in figuring out some way to to stand for something, to declare something, and then follow through on that something. I think there's value in that. I don't think it has to necessarily be exercise, but there's something to saying, I'm going to do this, and then actually seeing yourself follow through on that. Yeah, I love that. And I love the talk about discipline because this is something that has been on my brain very recently. Um, I think the last few years I have been, obviously I've been out of um, out of the gym because of the pandemic and then it just didn't, you know, helping out my mom and just kept like trying to go back and then coming out and it's just been this back and forth. And I've been kicking myself over this and I just was thinking about the discipline that I had and, and how it just, it's really easy to become undisciplined mm-hmm. And it's really easy to talk yourself out of things. And I've been just doing little things and just going, like, just do these small things, like get into the habit again. I think discipline can be a habit. And I think that's what really helps people maintain it. But it's it's like a choice first, right? You have to choose it. You have to decide to do it. And then you have to decide, I'm doing this even, no matter how I feel and I'm going to stick with it. But discipline is like, it's a practice and it takes some time to get to, get to that place. And it is a skill that I think pays off very highly. And there was the, there were these studies um, done of children. I don't remember when. It might have been in the 80s, 90s. But they had a group of kids, and they basically gave them a marshmallow. And they said, or a marshmallow or a candy. I thought it was a marshmallow. They said, we're going to leave the room, leave this here. And then when we come back, we're going to give you two, I think. So they left the room, and some of the kids ate the marshmallow, and some of them waited. And the ones who waited... They found, they tracked them later in life. The ones who waited and put the delayed gratification were more successful in life later on. And so there's, it just shows that when you have more discipline, you tend to have more success. You tend to be more successful when you're able to put off, um, when you're able to put off personal gratification or very like fast gratification. And that's really what discipline is. It's not even necessarily making yourself do hard things, but oftentimes it's 
making yourself not have pleasure in the moment so that you can have pleasure later mm-hmm. on. And so I think there's two there's like two sides of that coin where yeah, like you can have discipline where like you're you're like I'm not going to eat this cake because I want to feel good about my body. And then there's a discipline of making yourself do something like I don't know, run a marathon at two in the morning (laughs) for whatever reason, because it makes you feel good. But all that to say, too, I do think that something about discipline gives you this intrinsic feeling of doing something like good. So when I was in Greece, we walked. There was two cities, uh, Ia, and I forgot the name, uh, Fiera or something like fire. I don't know. Fiera. I don't know. I think it was called Fiera. Ia to Fiera. And it was like a 10-mile walk uh, along this ridge. And that was probably one of the highlights of Greece for me. The the views were amazing, but I think getting to the last to the to Fira at the end felt so great because it was this accomplishment of getting there. So we could have driven there and the city was amazing and the views were amazing, but the fact that we walked from one town to the next just made it feel like this big accomplishment and just made the views that much mm. better, made everything better. And I think there's something to that. Like when you work for something, you you seem to appreciate it more. You, It seems like, I don't know, it seems like it's better than if you're just given something or you're just handed something. And I, so I do think going back to the question, is, is, is there value in it? I think there is value in it. I think there's value in making people work for something. I think there's value in doing hard things because you you tend to value the uh, the outcome more when you work hard for something. And I, I just, again, I don't know if they, the extremes are necessary, um, but I don't know what's extreme to one person isn't extreme to someone else. Like David Goggins is so extreme to me, but I don't know. He might be sitting there like, I could do more. And maybe because he knows his potential, he's pushed himself so far. He's like, I could do so much more and we all could do so much more than we think. And that's great <laughs> for him. Um, but for me, I'm like, you know, I, I'm going to push myself at least outside my comfort zone. I don't have to go so far to where I think I'm going to Yeah, <laughs> die. I think it's funny, like... I remember, I think even with kids, and obviously I'm not a a mom, but I feel like kids, if you, it's almost like, I think it's the Les Brown quote. He says, if you, if you do hard things now, life will be easy. If you do Mm. easy things now, your life will be hard or something like that. And so I think early on, like I try and think back to, you know, I grew up like middle class. We definitely had enough money. You did not grow up poor at all. But I remember I always had to make my money. Like, I mean, like even when I was like 10 or 11, I'd have to do chores to get money. And I think there was value in, in that because there was a work ethic established and it was kind of nice. Cause you go, well, I, if I do this thing, that's hard. then I get this, you know, thing at the end. And it's like, it teaches you that like it is. And then, so when I got into adulthood, to me, especially in my 20s, I was very much like, well, I can just work more and I know I have the capacity to work more because I saw evidence that I could work hard. And so I think, and, and now I feel like <laughs> I definitely take the easier out a lot of times because I'm at that level where I just sort of feel like, well, you know, you have enough money to live and, you know, you don't want to necessarily have a heart. Like now you're adult. You don't have to answer to anybody. You don't have to ask someone else for money or do whatever. But, you know, I think there is a benefit to seeing yourself work hard because it builds confidence and it builds self-trust, you know, to see yourself get up on stage. I don't know, but you remember your first competition doing my first competition. I was just like, and, and I don't necessarily think this is a healthy thing, by the way. I don't think this is necessarily a healthy outlet because I ended up becoming completely obsessed with food and exercise my body and all that kind of stuff. But there was something so amazing about following through on something you said and knowing that you did Mm -hmm. something that not that many people could do. And I think that's really 
what Goggins was saying sort of in the book was he, one of the things he does, and he actually was on Joe Rogan. I listened to it like a couple, I don't know, maybe months ago. And he was talking about his new book and he said that he would take all of the hater comments on the internet, on all of his posts, and he would read them out loud into a voice recorder. And when he's on his runs, he listens to them. Like, y'all, that is extreme, right? That's like extreme, but like, that's his motivational style, right? Yeah. And, you know, I yeah. think some people are motivated that way. Some people are negatively motivated. Some people are more positively motivated. I would say I'm definitely more positively motivated. Like, I want to work hard to get something, not because mm-hmm. I'm trying to outrun the haters or whatever. I'm going to show them. You have to figure out what your motivation is, but it's so nice to have now a show of evidence that like, wow, I did something hard. I can do other hard things and it increases your self-efficacy. Maybe I could start my own business. Maybe I could actually be a coach. Maybe I could get my certification. Maybe I could and it like stems into all these other areas of your life if you're able to buckle down and commit in one area of your life. And for, for me, competitions did that. It was like, maybe I could start a business. Maybe I could work hard. Maybe I could do this. And so I think that that's where the value is, is it really helps you increase your potential because you go, wow, you have evidence that you've done hard things and you could again if you had to. Yeah, I like that because one of the things I've thought about I guess when we were talking about the cold plunge too, I'm like, I don't need to practice being cold. (laughs) However, there's the benefit of doing something hard. And it's just like, I don't have to do the trendy hard thing. Um, But there is something about you do the one hard thing and you're like, if I could do that, then I could also do this. If I could climb a mountain, then maybe I could do something else, you know? And there's something that gives you that, that just little, you think back and you go, I remember that one time I didn't think I could finish and I finished, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it was mm-hmm. that you said you weren't going to do. I finished like college racer. and I didn't yeah. think I could do it. Yeah. And I used to, uh, when I was in college, I worked for UNLV Outdoor Adventures. We took people on these hikes and we took them uh, rafting and all kinds of things. And I love that because a lot of those things are scary for people. They were bucket list type things and you would see people's confidence grow. They didn't think they would be able to summit a 13,000 foot mountain and they did it. And it was those type of things that they would hang on to when they go into their day-to-day life and work. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe they'd have a hard conversation that was like really scary or something in their relationship. And they're like, all right, I can do this hard thing because last weekend I was up on the mountain and I summited, right? So I think those are really important things to have in your life that you can hang on to and look back on and go, I went through that hard thing. I can do hard things. Um, And there, I think it's Glennon Doyle, she posts about I can do hard things all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 th- yeah. I think it's I think called it's that her. we can do hard things or that's her name. Her yeah. Podcast or something. And I think it's important to be able to know you can do hard things. I don't know if you need to push yourself through hard things every single day because we have hard things in life. But, you know, there's a benefit for sure. And I've been thinking about this as far as discipline lately is like for me, some of the little disciplines I need to get myself back into because I've just become pretty complacent and... um quite frankly just like lazy and like things are easy and I'm I've really been feeling like I need to push myself in some ways and I'm like what does that look like I'm not sure it's probably not any type of David Goggins stuff but you know I think there there are times when maybe if we're feeling complacent or maybe just you're in a place in your life where you're like I'm bored I'm not motivated I I don't know it's like the Chris Harder remember Chris Harder like yeah those 30 books in 30 days Yes, yes, exactly. Like if you're in a place where you're just kind of like, I don't know what's next for me, maybe it's time to just go, I need to just create a challenge and make a challenge for yourself. Love that. And and 
crush it and see, you know, see what you can do. Yeah, I love that. And it's, and again, the, the value can be intrinsic, you know, so I work with a lot of obviously newer coaches online and I'll just be like, look, you know, if you really want to see what you can do, commit to 30 days of reels or commit to, you know, six weeks of posting every single day or like doing something like that. So I've had some clients do that and they'll be like, well, I didn't really grow that much, right? Like they're like looking to like grow their audience. And I'm like, I know, but like, but they were like, but number one, I feel so much more confident posting. I don't even think about it anymore. I can get my face on camera and not stress about it. Reels are so much faster to make now. And I'm like, yes, those are some of the things that you would never have known had you not committed to something like that. And you sort of just waited for like something to be handed to you. It's like, cool, commit to 30 days of something, commit to six weeks of something, commit to 21 days of something, and just see what sort of things have changed with you after that fact is maybe not like I made a million dollars, but there's other things in normalizing the small wins along the way that add to like putting these, you know, deposits in some sort of, you know, self-trust or confidence piggy bank, even if the next hard thing you do isn't you fail at it. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing too, is you go, you know what? Like you, you gave the example of I can, you know, do this hard race or I can do this thing. Now I'm much more likely to to bring up something and have a hard conversation with my partner. That might not go well either, but at least you go, well, Mm. I can handle it. I I know I can handle the outcome. That's the thing. It's like, yes, bring it up, but then also be able to handle the outcome. It gives you a sense of self-trust. Like I can handle whatever transpires. And I think that's really, I think that's really powerful. Yeah. I have a kind of funny story. Um, Courtney, who edits and is a producer of the podcast, we, <laughs> I guess I got some ad around January, I think it was this race. So these like 5k races, you could sign up and they send you a t-shirt, a medal and a, a, a number, but there's no like race at a certain time. You just get to run the race whenever you want to run the race and then you post about it. So we had scheduled to do the race at a certain time and then it was cold and I wasn't going out running. We kept pushing it off and pushing it off. Finally, we're like, okay, I'm leaving town. We got to run this race. So we met up at a park. We decided we're going to do this 5K. Uh, and listen, we could have just bought the shirt, wore it and never run the 5K. But I was saying I cannot wear this shirt. It had been folded on my on my dresser for three months. I'm like, I'm not I I bought the I did the race just to buy the shirt. But I said, I'm not feeling that I can wear the shirt until I do the race. I feel like I need to earn it. Right. So we're going to run. And I was like, man, I haven't really trained well for this. And I'm really nervous. And it was so funny because we were both so nervous. And she she stopped and she's like, literally, no one cares or knows we're doing this. (laughs) Like. It's just us because I'm like, okay, I want to make sure I want to try not to stop or maybe we're just going (laughs) to stop only once. And she's like, nobody actually even knows that we're not even running against anybody. I was like, yes, good point. But it was this intrinsic thing. It was like, I wanted to do it as best as I could. And we did have to stop twice, which was more than I wanted to. But we did the damn thing. We like checked it off and now I can like probably wear the shirt and be excited about it. (laughs) But it was just one of those silly little things. Like you can go, I don't even know what the website is. I can't tell you, but you could DM me and I'll look for my email. Was it Dolly Parton? Um, Yes, it was a Dolly Parton shirt. (laughs) This is Dolly Parton 5K. But there's there's a whole bunch of them. Like you could just choose any one of them and the Dolly Parton was my favorite. So it was one of those things. But the funniest thing was nobody cared nobody was going to know except us but i that's what the point mm-hmm. is it's like it's for right. you it's just for you to do the thing so like you said about the posting for six weeks and she said she didn't grow it's like yeah i didn't finish in under 30 minutes and i didn't and i had to stop but the point was i did it and i set the goal and i said i was going to do it and that's i did awesome. do it and now and now i can just feel like okay i did that thing and then then what's funny and probably to this this client you mm-hmm. said She's like, well, now I can post and it's easier. And now I'm like, yeah, now I can 
run and do it again and I could beat my time next time and I could try again if I want to. So I it's not really the point of like not uh you know, maybe not necessarily growing your audience. It's just doing the challenge to show that you can do it, even if you mess up, even if it doesn't turn out how you want to, but it's just pushing yourself towards something. And it's not for everyone to know. It's not because there's people next to you necessarily. Well, like to your point, everyone has their first 5K. You know what I mean? If you want to run marathons, you got to run a 5K. If you want to build a successful business, you need 30 days of posting. Like (laughs) everyone has their first 30 days of posts, you know? And so I think there is something to, like you said, lowering the barrier to entry and just ripping the bandit off, doing the first one doing it the first time that's always going to be the hardest but then you go into your next 5k and you're like okay I know exactly how it's going to go I know how it feels I've done it before this person goes in and goes yeah I need to make reels but I'm getting faster at them I'm I'm becoming more confident in my voice and maybe that months from now she has a real go viral and she blows up you know but you can't go viral without posting (laughs) shit you know it's like yeah so if you want to grow there's only one way to grow which is post more and so, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's really, it's a valuable lesson. And I love that example of <laughs> the Dolly Parton 5K. <laughs> I know. Now I'm like, fuck, what should I commit to? Maybe not this summer. I got to chill. But <laughs> but, yeah, but at yeah. some point, I, I've been talking about doing a sprint triathlon for a while. I did them in my early 20s and I have not done one Ooh. in a while, but we'll see. With your uh, beach cruiser bike. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, I would though too. I think I ran my half marathon when I ran it in shocks, Nike shocks. So, oh my God, yeah, doesn't matter. I'll bootstrap it. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, I, think, I thought this well, was we, a good. We ran that fi- we ran that five k in Converse. Oh both my God! Of us, so. <laughs> See, there you go. Maybe upgrade your shoes next time. There's only one way to go from here, and that is up. Anyway, I thought it would be an interesting talk, and you know that book was really interesting. I kept waiting for like the big lessons to come. There wasn't that many lessons. It was more just like. Wow. It was great to see myself push myself. You know, that was really the big lesson. The big lesson was, and he didn't really even talk about them till the end of the book. And he was kind of like, you know, I just, I saw just how much further I could push myself. And that was sort of the Mm -hmm. big takeaway. And yeah, I mean, I guess that is the takeaway. So yeah, it was a good one. It was a quick one too. If you guys are looking for an audiobook, it's like six hours. It's pretty quick. So anyway y'all thank you for being here and for listening for your time and attention and if you have not left a review yet we would absolutely love that go to wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review as well as a five-star rating as well as a a review a couple sentences on what you like about the podcast and uh, so other people know what they can expect y'all are the best we'll see you next time bye guys thanks guys bye